if I've got, I don't know, maybe five or 10 minutes and I want a quick release, you know the kind, I know the exact toy that'll do the trick. Or I know the exact friction and rhythm to deliver with my hands in order to do it too. But if I want to slow things way down for a totally different experience, when I'm not in a rush, when I can spend some true quality time with myself, there's some very specific accessories that I like to grab. Sometimes I blindfold myself or I dim the lights really low. Sometimes I use a feather up and down my arms while vibey music plays in the background. Sometimes I get as much of my body involved as I possibly can. I run my hands through my hair, down my face, and I let my fingers dance all over the surface of my skin. I put pressure on my inner thighs. I take my sweet time seducing myself before ever touching my genitals. And when I'm properly warmed up and efficiently lubed up, one of my favorite new bedroom accessories to reach for is the Oh My C from Ioba. I'm not sure what mechanism is in this thing, but the toy has a little nub that rotates at different speeds, so it mimics the sensation of being orally stimulated. It's nice, it's light, and it's quiet. Sometimes the sounds of my toys can actually take me out of my experience, so a softer, quieter toy is incredibly appreciated. I make sure to take deep breaths as I let the pleasure and sensation build, breathing it throughout my body, and when the time is just right, I pick up the speed of the rotation and I ride a full body wave of ecstasy. This is one of many acts of devotion I choose to regularly deliver to myself. And it's not about what my partner can or cannot give to me. It's about taking time to be with myself in my pleasure, doing anything and everything that feels good for me. If you're looking for a quiet, high-quality, beginner-friendly, super-cute vibe that doesn't actually vibe too hard, my personal recommendation is the Oh My See from Ioba. See the show notes for details and a discount. I'm Alexa, also known as That Sex Chick. And if you haven't guessed it by now, I love talking about sex. Not only talking about it, but I'm obsessed with helping you create an epic sex life while cultivating deeply fulfilling relationships. There's so much more to the conversation than just the act of sex itself, which is why I created this podcast. You can expect this show to be packed with resources, advice, experts, and everyday people talking about how they have created the best sex and love lives for them. If you are ready to take responsibility for your pleasure, then you are in the right place. Now, let's go talk sex, shall we? This is a Soulfire production. Joining me on the show today, I have Kenneth Play. Kenneth Play is an international sex expert and sex educator. From a deeply insecure Asian immigrant to 11 million views on Pornhub, and being named the world's greatest sex hacker by GQ, Kenneth develops sex techniques to help people learn new ways to connect and overcome challenges in the bedroom. I've described his course, Sex Hacker Pro, like if sex ed and porn had a baby. It's one of my favorite resources that my partner and I use during our sex exploration. Today, we'll be diving into topics like squirting, ED, multiple orgasms, kink, and bondage, just to name a few. Plus, we'll cover how Kenneth went from being insecure in the bedroom to his most confident self and how you can too. Enjoy the show, y'all. 
Kenneth, I am so happy to be in this position with you again. <laughs> I have interviewed you so many times over goodness. I feel like we got into each other's peripheral and into each other's spaces very early on in, in my career. And so being in a position where I could interview you for the previous podcast that I had and then interview you multiple times inside of the Facebook group and just like be able to leverage you and your genius. And then along that journey, also become friends with you has just been so, uh, I can't even describe like just so many good feels. I have loved watching you grow. I have loved having you a part of my journey. And, um, and then of course, getting to know you over the years and seeing you with your amazing partners and your adorable, what do we call him a pocket bully? Pocket bully. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not cute. to be confused with pocket pussy. We're talking about a little <laughs> tiny dog that is adorable. Uh-uh. But anyway, yeah, yeah, I just, I absolutely love being um, in this. I like to use position. It just sounds a little kinky. I like being in this position <laughs> yeah. with you. And thank you uh-huh. for sharing your time and your energy and your expertise and knowledge with me again for my community and my listeners. I love what you do. And it's been such a great way to get to know what you do and what, how you serve your audience. So thank you for allowing me to be part of it. Of course. I mean, I didn't mention this before, but I mean, now that I'm thinking about it, I've even had you come and do interviews inside of my group coaching. I can get to watch you get lit the fuck up by all of these questions. I'm just like, damn, you know, I get to answer a lot of how to have the communication around certain things. And when you come into the group containers, I, you know, I don't know where these people got those questions from. Like, why don't you ask me those questions? <laughs> you know, they ask you things about squirting and prostate and all these different things. And just like slap them with the knowledge. I'm like, y'all just asked me how to have a conversation and you get to ask him all the juicy ones. <laughs> anyway, so yeah. for, for those of you who are listening that don't know, Kenneth is um, how I originally got connected with him was through the Hacienda group. He lives in a really cool house in New York. And uh, I mean, I'll let you describe it. How would you describe Hacienda and, and that whole project and how that came to be? You know, for us, it's sort of a social experimentation on how to how to we live in a community where we get to celebrate our desire and have a sense of belonging. So the way we usually phrased it is where your desire belongs. And a lot of times that is more than just about celebrating sex and and having that culture, but a sense of belonging is really important. And when people feel good about their sexuality, who they are, and they get they have a place where they could express it and express it their authentic self. I think that really creates a very unique uh, living experience, you know, in 2020, especially so much of our and during the pandemic, so much of our time is spent on our devices. So to live with people, you really feel like you could be yourself, your adult family, and you could be as sexual as you please is really is an incredible experience and it, it enriched my life so much. It's mm, so good. And I've had the fortunate opportunity of hanging out at the Hacienda a couple of times and then have hosted in the Hacienda Maison, which is in New Orleans. I just recently hosted a bunch of friends there and we had such a good time. Even in the midst of pandemic, we were able to have such a good time. The house is so freaking sexy. So um, without 
And and I was just thinking this as I like went to go describe what you do and how you do it. I'm like, you're on the, you're on the show. Let me let you do that. So I like how you talk about yourself as like the most unlikely porn star or something like that. And, (laughs) and I love this story of like how you came to be, you know, GQ says world's greatest sex hacker. Well, I'm, yeah, world's most unlikely porn star. In fact, that like one of my debut porn scene, it was, was with Erica Lust on a masturbation scene, which is, I find that ironic because I start most of my presentation. My name is Kenneth Lay and I've advertised penis. And why that is important is that growing up, you know, I was such a sexually insecure Asian immigrant who moved to this country dyslexic and had a hard time with like learning and language and everything so i just grew up with such internal feeling of insecurity like women never like me and i'm also really like super sexual at the same time so it's extremely frustrating to have your internal desire and your how your self-esteem and your value be so different um and not till my late 20s where I really figure out how to hack my sex life. Well, the first thing I thought if I hacked my fitness life and became a personal trainer and and have a and uh, master my body in my twenties, I will have the self confidence. But one of the things that you a man really feel like they could never change is about penis size because as long as they don't think what they have is good enough, they always have this like self esteem issue. And in my late twenties, I that's something that I really wanted to work on. And ironically, I found all the all the transformation experiences happen inside Hacienda in a sex party community, sex positive community. And through that, I learned about all the sex myths that really destroys our lives. Like, you know, how not the size don't matter, like genital compatibility matters and all those important things. And I really found myself having this chen- tremendous um transformation with my own sex life and apply everything I learned in my 20s about hacking my body into hacking sex or like reading their best research that you know like research paper only like a hundred people read it like (laughs) they get locked in a closet right and then then the media just pick cherry pick certain line did you know drinking wine makes you like you know you're a smarter person if you drink wine and things like that on their headlines and then on the other side is all the ancient practices that i have found so i feel like humans been hacking their body and hacking sex forever from like the Taoists from from China to Kama Sutra and Tantra from India to Japanese bondage to Victorian era, you know, inventing the vibrators into American American porn, right? Actually, actually the Japanese porn and American porn kind of have their own VHS time. Um, and all the new sex toy that is invented that is recently invented. And there's so many things that we learn about the human body that we haven't really applied it. And I hate the idea that female orgasm is complicated and it's hard for us to figure out because you, like, it's not, it's not that difficult, right? In fact, that we make it more difficult than what it is. So I wanna figure out how to transform my own life and help people figure out like what they could do, not only to do, not to get slightly better, but what the amazing thing that you could possibly experience with your sexuality. Oh my goodness. Yes. I talk about this all the time on the show and in my community spaces. I had no idea how much of the rest of my life would transform when I started looking at this particular area. 
Like, how could I be better and do better and show up as my highest self? You know, a lot of times in the spiritual community, the personal development community, people are talking about be your highest self. Like, what does that really mean? And then I, I could conceptually get there and understand it more or less in meditation and in partnership and all these different ways. But then like, what does that mean when I'm looking at my sex life? And then how do I, how am I my highest self or how do I be my best self, my big self in this area? And then I was fascinated, completely blown away by how that translated into all the other areas of my life. I was like, oh, when I give this attention, everything else is better. And I think I chose a very like distinct bit in the sex education field because a lot of it is like, you know, changing your attitude towards about sex, like become more sex positive or have more self-esteem or or, you know, have better communication skill, which I think all those things are extremely important. But a lot of times when they actually in the act of sex, right, like they're in the bedroom now, they're right. doing stuff, we give very little instruction. Exactly. So, and there's where I feel my personal training days is like, this is where you teach, like, you don't tell people the benefit of working out, you work them out, and then you right. help them while they're doing their set. So exactly. I was like, how do, how do I, how do I engineer what I learned from the fitness industry that is so effective in that particular domain, right? And then have the people change their behavior and, and acquire the skill so they could get the real world benefit because it happens in behavior. It doesn't happen in just like changing your mindset. Absolutely. And I think about the times when I've had like uh, somebody who's very like a personal trainer, like help me with my technique or help me with how I was <laughs> doing the thing. And then... Once that was ingrained, it's like, oh, this is how I do, you know, a push-up, or this is how I do the bench press or whatever, I'm like 90 degrees. Okay. And yeah. and so I think that there's something about what you do, especially with the I'll, I'll reference it as the sex hacker pro videos, but just the the mm -hmm. Some of the, I, and I oftentimes call it like uh, sex ed plus porn made a baby, a much needed baby, <laughs> because like I can learn about the thing while also being significantly turned on, which I hope is not a distraction <laughs> from me actually learning the thing that you're teaching. I, I would like to hope that that sexual energy is going to help me remember the thing that you are teaching. But, but anyway, I like have conversations with people and they're like, sex is so complicated. Like you said, or female orgasm is so complicated. I'm like, have you seen Kenneth Clay's work? And like, this is teachable. This is learnable. This is a technique. So let's go in and get the knowledge, learn some of the techniques, learn some of, you know, how to really set container, hold space, negotiate, whatever, do, do a, a technique that helps with orgasm or whatever, and then see how confident you are. You know, it's like, mm -hmm. let's go ahead and build your confidence and then throw you into the ring, you know, without teaching you how to, you know, effectively throw a punch. It's like, yeah, we just built up your confidence. Now you're excited and you feel like you can do it, but we still never trained you to do the thing. And so I'm curious, when did you realize that this whole sex thing could be hacked and specifically with technique? Well, I, in the beginning, I think... I'm, I'm talking for mostly, like I teach mostly heterosexual couple. So men, you know, 
it's controversy in some way. We think they're inherently selfish, right? They don't really care about female pleasure. They just want to get their nut off. It's done. And that's not my personal view. I think there's many, many men out there who really care about satisfying their partner and are very generous and want to give. They just don't know how. But the, usually the idea that, you know, that get into the head early on is that if, in order for me to be a good lover, I must have a porn star like penis. I must fuck this way. Right, so I'm able to jackhammer or fuck very vigorously for a really long time, and that is a mark of a good lover. So a man would spend a lot of time, you know, obsessing over your ability to do this thing. But unfortunately, it work it, it, it is not working. Right, the orgasm gap is bigger than ever. That's not how female pleasure work um, most of the time, and. I think a lot of men are really hungry for people who like pleasuring uh, female bodies. They're really hungry for knowledge on how to do the things that is effective. And yet it's, it's challenging because just like personal training, you can't apply one fitness program right, to everybody because people are different. So I start thinking, how do you actually individualize like uh, people's uh, journey and how to figure out what's pleasurable for, for this particular person but they must be some guiding principle like are we doing cardio are we lifting weight you know are we doing push-ups like what is it you know so so i love solving that puzzle has been a fascination of mine mm. and you mentioned a little while ago you're reading all the sounded like peer review journal articles <laughs> and the research and you're in partnership with other sex researchers and that has led to i'd say outside of developing things like the sex hacker pro course, which I'm a huge fan of. And Jordan, and I absolutely love leveraging that as a resource for our own lives. And then of course, for our uh, communities as well. But I know that this is helping you with a book. Yeah, I've been working on my book. So fortunate <laughs> to talk to like researcher like James Bowles, uh, Dr. Shana is obviously a business partner of mine that I leverage a lot and her science is amazing. And also she helps me understand the science quite a bit. Um, very commensurate, Nan wise, they're just, just wealth of information. You know, if you, you know, it's one of those things that if you don't understand, like, in a, you don't understand the neuroscience. I don't mean like you don't have to understand the nitty gritty, but like, like, if you don't have you, you don't understand how hunger work, like right, like and satiation work, then it's really hard to change like a behavior to manipulate a different results. So you could go like, I feel hungry all the time, right, or I feel this thing, but you don't understand the underlying mechanism. Then it's really hard to change it. So when I get to talk to the researcher, I figure out, oh, why are each woman act like? How are they act? How are they different? Like what makes them different? And then I could start analyzing on like, oh, this person maybe needs more mindfulness or maybe their nerve ending is just a little bit to the left and a little bit to the right or their, their um, sympathetic arousal. They need a lot more excitement for them to be excited. So, so if you don't have the framework, it's really hard to change it. So I kind of deconstructed everything into usable, like actionable things. So if you want to pay attention, maybe spanking will be work better than <laughs> negotiation because <laughs> it's right. not arousing. Right. Of course, you got to negotiate earlier. But, you know, like if you go like, honey, is this hard enough? You know, like that might not be arousing. <laughs> so if you don't understand why that is not arousing, it's really hard to change it, you know. 
Yeah. So how, so you picked then from a lot of this information, leveraged your connections and were able to decide, you know, what translated the easiest or what translated the most. And is that what has helped you comprise of what's, what, what is it called? Beyond Satisfied? Beyond Satisfied is the book, and it's about um, endless, uh, endless orgasm, mind-blowing connection, and lasting confidence. And the confident piece is really about, like, if you learn how to do something, if you know how to cook, right, and you know what you're putting on the table, you have confidence. Until you have that moment that you feel like you know what you're doing, it's, in, it's impossible to have lasting confidence, right? So I talk a lot about confidence and how important it is to have connection with people, how to be your authentic self. And sex, if you are only good at the technique, then you become more like mechanical, which is not fun, right? And then obviously there's actually uh, skills when it comes to different type of orgasm or how to get people aroused. But what I am fascinated with the most is, you know, we talk about like personal growth and change what kind of change can people realistically expect to change like if i have a hard time orgasming can i make it easier and can i be good at it if i'm not good at asking you know for what i want to know what i want can i get better at it you know so i want to answer some of those questions like how to what can people expect if they want to do a change so like someone if someone never worked out in their entire life Right. And being a personal trainer, I could tell you if you do this and you live like this for this period of time, you could expect exchange. But we don't talk about that in sexuality. Right. We think we are what we got, you know, is innate. So I've been fascinating. What is what can you change? What is possible to change? And to what degree can you change it? Mm. And what are your theories so far? Orgasm is definitely a learnable skill. It's like dancing or doing any other skills. Like once you learn a couple of dance, it's easier to pick up other dance, but you have to master some basic first. So if you learn about what arouses you, what feels good to you, what sensation feels good to you, how you like your sensation, then once you have one reliable way to induce like an orgasm, it's like a sort of a, some say it's like a spinal reflex or another is like, how do you, how, how do you have to sneeze, right? But then you right. could, once you learn the basic skills, you could prolong that experience. You can have multiple ones depending on, you know, what body you have. So the personal trainer in me got back into the game, go like, how do you, how do I, how do you train people who are struggling? Because when I work with Pamela at Back to the Body, I have women flying in from all walks of life with different problems, right? I only... I've been with my husband for 30 years. He is the only one I ever had sex with my entire life. And he died. I'm 49. And I'm like, I still have a sexual, you know, I still se I'm still sexual. I don't feel like I'm, but I don't know how to be with another man. And only thing I ever learned through my body is with him. How do I learn to trust another human again so I could be relaxed enough to get aroused? That's a skill by itself, right? Or I never could orgasm with a partner. I have never done it in my life. When I masturbate, I could do it, but I can't do it. seems to do it in a person. What am I doing wrong? Like, how can I coach that? Or I love, you know, like I could reliably have an orgasm when I vibrate on my clit, but that's usually the only way I could do it. How do I expand that? So I love solving those puzzles. And, and the research is amazing to help with that. Yep. I have the same theories. 
it's all learnable. It's all teachable. And yes, it is skill, but it's way beyond that. So if you just, like you said, like if you just have the technique, then you might be missing the soul and the heart. And if you just have the soul and the heart, then you might just be like bumping into shit, touching things in the incorrect way. And I imagine that it's not really uh, great for confidence. I imagine that the feedback that you're getting from the person, hopefully you are getting feedback, but if you're getting feedback from someone, it's probably a little bit crushing. So what happens when you get both your excitement and curiosity and you have permission for your desires meets here's the skill in order to achieve your desires, or here's the skills that you can infuse your passion with to get a partner. If you don't have one to get a partner or partners that can meet you in that and explore together. And I love that. I want to slap that on a graphic and put it everywhere. Orgasm is a learnable skill. Yeah. And then understand people's different in baseline because I was thinking about all the models like that I could that I could apply to sexuality, just like fitness. Some people are built for different sports, right? Some people are great, like powerlifters, I'm a marathon runner. So how do you kind of go through a diagnostic phase? I'm like, here's where you are at, like genetically. And then based on that, you have your conditioning, like how you live your entire life. I have led you to this moment, like and based on your habits and your conditioning. And then from there, what to work on, you know, like if you're just say if you've been you baseline born as a little bit more anxious person, right? And then you're in a in a career that causes a lot of stress. So you've been conditioning yourself to be stressed all the time, but you never learn how to relax, like literally get yourself back down to your and then so your reference of your your world is only seen through this lens. So I have to f- teach people how to find wherever they're at and what they need to work on. Because if someone who's like, like, really easy to have an orgasm, then they might have a very different experience. Like we shame premature ejaculator, right? Like they flip that switch so easily. So some people have a hard time, some people have an easy time, and some are genetic. So I love kind of deconstructing the important bit for that person so they could work on. Also, like I teach a lot on squirting. And a lot of times that the question I get back from my audience is like, oh, I tried this on my on my partner. How come it doesn't work? Then and then I'm go like, well, what <laughs> should turn on? <laughs> like the classic computer. Is your is your computer on, you know? How about um, tur- turn her off and then turn her back yeah, on. Turn her on first. <laughs> yeah. Like does she want this? And how is she at receiving other things, you know? So I start to look at things are not just technique that you apply to people, but who you applying with and what are they, where are they, where are they striving or struggling? Yeah, absolutely. So you find yourself as at times leading with sex and sex hacking and teaching the sex education, all of that, and then wind up being life coach. It sounds like, yeah, a little like bit, oh, a little your bit base, coaching. yeah, if your baseline is more anxious and you're having a hard time surrendering into yourself or relaxing or even just discharging your nervous system enough to be present for a full experience or for, you know, the lead up to an orgasm or something like that. So it's good shit. It's life changing yeah, shit. So, so somebody's like, oh, I just, I really want to have an orgasm without a vibrator, or I really want to have an orgasm with a partner for the first time. And you're like, great, sit down, buckle up. Cause your whole fucking life's about to change. You know, you come with yeah. this one symptomatic thing. I want to have an orgasm with a partner. And it's like, okay, well, I'm going to teach you all kinds of things that are just going to generally speaking, better your life. 
and you also get to have these yeah. orgasms with this part with this person yeah and and how you know one of the most fascinating thing that i learned very recently is about like your your visual sensation like feeling your emotion like your heartbeat or gut feelings mm -hmm. that ability to sense those those sensation there's a sensation part and then there, there's a motor function so just say if you someone feels something like really funny they want to laugh there's like a belly laugh or like when you are experiencing something very tragic you go into this like you cry in a fetus position like there is a there is a um reaction that your body wants to like do but we learn so much in modern life to suppress all those uh reaction that we have in our body so when we feel like right now i actually feel like i'm about to sneeze for some reason i'm like suppressing my sneeze but the act of suppressing that sneezing or any of our emotion also lower our orgasm quality because we don't know how to do that like to to allow our body to do go to the full range and what it wants to do so some of the new things i learned about orgasm especially about like stimulating the g-spot cervix anal it requires our prostate it requires your ability to feel those sensation and letting your body do what it wants to do in order for those pathway to work so now it's like you talk about life coaching and go like if you are not able to be emotional right like if you suppress your emotion that type of orgasm doesn't really happen because you have to learn how not to do that so mm -hmm. teaching people feel their emotion has been a big thing lately wow can imagine especially some of the places that you've just you've just touched on uh the prostate and the access point to the prostate like i just imagine that brings up so much for so many people as the giver and the receiver in that regard and the giver and the receiver you can use that loosely because whoever is giving might actually be the receiver and whoever's receiving might actually be the giver it's a little wheel of consent talk there yeah but um yeah i can just imagine like in order to have the pathway to pleasure, you need to allow for your body and the emotions that arise, the sensations and the emotions, and then the, what your body wants to do to let it fully play that out. Otherwise you don't have access to the thing that you're seeking. Like getting yeah, and then that right. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then how do you coach someone to do it? Like, how do you <laughs> figure this out? And then that's why I think Pam is a genius because in her retreat, there's a lot of like, you know, exercise that allow people to get in touch with their feeling. They have community. They're like, you know, they're crying their eyes out over something or they're the joyous on the other side. So they experience a full, like, full spectrum of the human experience and when you that open up already and then you receive psychological body work or hands-on session at that time doing the somatic work then because all the channels are already flowing then it's a lot easier to access those things versus like you've been shut down all day it's very hard to transition right from the sure. pandemic to feeling more pleasure so the other side which is like it's easy to tell people it's easier to tell people to feel the emotion, but I then I thought about this. It's not effective coaching. So I started to design a system on if you already know, just say if you already have one reliable way to have an orgasm, you could build up enough sexual energy or sympathetic arousal. So you know there's a moment like when you're about to come 
like the edging zone where everything feels a lot more like you're doing the exact same thing, but your subjective experience or more sensation is heightened. Mm-hmm. So if you learn to get yourself there in the way that you always knew how to do it anyway, so this needs less coaching, stay in that zone. And then at that moment, use a mindfulness trick to focus on another sensation when everything is heightened. So the thing that is like, just say your cervix normally doesn't take you to orgasm. Mm-hmm. But that sensation is like, meh. But when you're at edging at that particular zone, you add a sensation that right. you learn how to feel. All of a sudden, your brain lights up to feel all the sensation, that the pleasurable sensation there. Just like most uh, biological male will, like the easiest path to orgasm is stroking their penis, right? right. It's most reliable, touching the head of the penis. But their prostate, it could be never been touched their entire lives. But just touching their prostate might not lead them to orgasm the first time or right. you know so they use their penis as like a pumping up of the energy until you in that higher arousal state and then you could introduce a sensation at that time or more focus more on the sensation and then your brain would go like oh there's another way that could tip me over but the quality is completely right. different so i've been engineered different type of protocol and sex hack and like which one is the more reliable way to do it and i think i figure out some new stuff that i'm really excited to share on the book Yes. Oh, okay. I want to stay here for a second with this orgasm conversation yeah. uh, because you and I were, we just like touched on a little bit of a topic and I was like, let's save that for the podcast. Um, so something that has come up over the last several years are, is this conversation about, do we really have different types of orgasms or is it all coming from one area? And is it, you're having an orgasm, but you're just stimulating other parts. And I would love for you to weigh in on what you perceive to be happening or what the research you've learned thus far when you just mentioned getting close to the edge and then you give cervical stimulation. When you say getting close to the edge, I'm assuming that you mean giving clitoral or external clitoral stimulation or maybe internal clitoral stimulation, and then also putting some pressure on the uh, on the cervix or stimulating the cervix. That way, when the tipping over the edge happens, because that area is stimulated, the sensation and the the whoosh of the orgasm might not just be a little tiny sneeze. It might come on as this big rolling wave of sensation, or it might just be an expanded sneeze, or it could feel like a lot of, I would imagine a lot of different people will describe it differently, but just your, I feel like you already know what you want to say. So <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I want to, so James Faust is definitely a de-scientist when it comes to this topic. Like his research paper called The, the Vagina Strikes Back. It's like a must read because he's like so funny. It was like the funniest research paper I've ever read in my life. And I talked to him recently and I'm so happy for all the support and help that he's been giving me lately. So the, his point of view is not like, is not, it's a sum of the whole. So it's like not necessarily whole as, as in its entirety. So we tend to think of it as binary, like internal orgasm versus external orgasm. So sex is those rare places where you have both your, you have to be relaxed enough to get aroused and you have to be excited enough to come, but you have to balance this like yin and yang, you know, balance ball. And sometimes you could lean a little bit towards one side, but you always have a little bit of the other quality in it. Like there's always a dot, you know, in the yin yang symbol. So let's just say that but there's two distinct pathway to orgasm. One is more somatic. So somatic nerves are like clitoris penis. Like when you touch it, it's very direct. 
like there's a direct channel, you feel it as obvious. And then there's the uh, visual nerves that are in your body, same thing with your vagus nerve, there are more responses to like, like pressure. So when you're touching, it's different when you are touching your prostate, it's not like stroking your penis or touching the clit. It's a pressure, those nerve ending are more responsive to pressure. So a lot of times that people are not applying the right amount of pressure in order for the sensation to register as good. Now, if you, when I was talking about building up sensation, you like touching the penis or, or, or rubbing your clit or vibration on the clit is a way to bring it up. But at the moment when you're on the edge zone, you could lower the amount of sensation the way you're touching your clit to emphasize another sensation. Maybe it's anal, maybe it's cervical, maybe it's A-spot, maybe it's G-spot with more pressure until you could find that balance where you lower the other one and you up in the other one until it tips you over. So you play this game yeah. where you where you try to keep the balloon building instead of like getting smaller again to a moment it pops, but the driving force is to focus on their visceral sensation that is more towards the emotion pathway. And what's more fascinating about why is a whole body orgasm is that as those uh, electrical charge goes up your spine, because the type of nerves that are traveling, it kind of hits every like bystander, like it radiates throughout your entire body. And that orgasm is harder to learn and less intuitive. Mm-hmm. Uh, that type of orgasm. So most men will 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 have that orgasm do their prostate, right? Some people could like learn to manipulate their prostate without even touching their prostate through their like PC muscles. So so it's been tricky, like learning all this new stuff and go like, but I also don't want it. I also don't want to like take a step back from sort of a more of a feminist movement where like we're trying to close the orgasm gap. We know like touching your clit externally, like stroking your penis is more effective. So I don't want to send people down a path like this orgasm is better. Right. They're just different. So as an educator, I feel like it's my responsibility to educate on all the possible pathway. I think the choice on what type of orgasm people prefer is an individual choice. So a man could be totally happy, have an awesome in, in sex life for their entire life, never touching their prostate, and all orgasm happened to their penis, right? And that's totally cool. But we, unfortunately, shame women a lot of times. Like, why can't you do it this way? It's like asking every straight guy on their first date, well, you, we're going to try to have you. Actually, I don't care if you have an orgasm or not, but the only stimulation you will have is through your prostate. You're not allowed to touch your penis. If you don't have an orgasm, good luck. I think that's a really shitty way to do it too. Mm-hmm. But I do want to teach people if they want to learn how to have, a, have an orgasm, do a different pathway. How do you do it specifically and how to hack it? I love it. So do you believe that when you add all of these different sensations and all of that, which um, I love hearing you speak about it because I have described it just using different language. And I think just saying like, why don't you add this with this, with that, not realizing I was helping, potentially helping them to have a a broader experience with their orgasm. I think sometimes it comes in for me where it's just like, I want you to feel as deeply into your body as you possibly can. And so try stimulating all these things at the same time. And then whatever brings you to orgasm brings you to orgasm. But I love the way that you phrased it about letting this other sensation help tip you over the edge and 
Is that more like, because you want to feel the expansiveness that is available to you in pleasure? Is that like more the goal is to feel it's the pleasure? It's just, it just, it just different. It's like yeah. umami and salty taste different yeah. than sweet. It's just a two different, it's like bottoming energy exactly. and topping energy is different. So it's like sort of the yin and yang aspect of it. And then people get to, you could choose to see which side you prefer. Like I prefer the Dom most of the time, Yeah. but it's like when people do are curious on the other side and some people are like, they swing back and forth, they are choose switch. Mm -hmm. So it's more like we have two variation when it comes to, and then it could be a blend, right? It could be all those things happening. But there's another things I talk about on my course a lot called pleasure stacking. Mm -hmm. So you could stack as many things that like arouses you, you could touch the you know the top and the bottom the yin and the yang at the same time and you could add psychological arousal you could have like the perfect scene when the narrative is perfect maybe you want to on top of that have like your partner put a box on your bed you come home to that has a note that has an outfit in it like you could keep adding into the experience so you could make a, a mission and star nine course meal if you want it or you could just you know put a vibrator on your clit and just have a quick sneeze it's all good, but I think right. people, it's about having options and having more possibility if someone desired to learn it. Absolutely. Yes, please. I love the pleasure stacking thing too. Like just as you describe it, I'm like, yes, there's a note and then a box on the bed and I, and then what do I do? And put yeah. me into, the, put me into that scene for about a week and a half. Like, you know, it's just like, right? and then you get it. abducted by, by a vampire <laughs> and then all of a sudden you, <laughs> oh, yes. I think the, the theater part is really, I think is really important. So, so to have this elaborate kind of like creativity that people could have that to this one thing to like, Oh, I'm going to go down on you now. And then I'm going to fuck you now. It's like, right. it's, it's cool, but and I'm not downplaying that the importance of that, but a lot of uh, what I found through my research, a lot of the the psychological arousal that happens women. That's why Fifty Shades of Grey sells more. That's why romance novel sells more because it's more about that narrative, like the feelings. So I recently uh, launched this quiz that I've been working on. I'm actually I'm, I'm editing it a little bit right now. But the idea is that I could teach people all the technique, but if they didn't get the character right. If they come in like too wimpy or like they're they 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 bang their girlfriend like a CrossFit workout, like it's mm. not like so some need more sensual, some needs more animal or whatever it is, right? Or more dominance or so how do you add the flavor on top of all the sensation? So I think that is so important too. So if you have the flavor right and you have the technique right and you really understand your partner. And if, if your lover could write you erotica, they really get you. You know what I mean? For real. Ugh, I mean, bringing that all back around where it's like, you just, I feel like it's just, there's so much available and at any given, any, any different day, any given day, at any point in time in your journey of your experience of your life, stress factors, kids, job, whatever. You might want this elaborate DS scene, which for those of you who are not familiar with DS, there is a solo episode where I break down all of what BDSM is and what DS is 
and my introduction to it. So search for that solo episode about BDSM if you want more info and want some stories about that. Um, because I feel like if I crack that open right now, then we will be here for a three hour podcast. So, (laughs) and both of us have, you know, things to do and people to assist and orgasms to help support. So, uh, but that's a big topic. I feel like you have a little something. Yeah, but, you know, sex hacking is about finding all those, like, different tools, right? And learn when to apply it to who, yeah. you know? Yeah, and, and it's the fun part is, like, now you have all your Lego pieces. Like, what do you want to yes. build, you know? Yes. And so you get to pick and choose. You know, I think what happens with a lot of people is they have one Lego piece. Or, like, three. Yeah. Let's say they have three Lego pieces and they can make a T or an L or a staircase or, and they like only can do whatever is limited by these three Lego pieces. We want to use that analogy. And when people find their way to, to your work or they find their way into that sex group or something like that, then it's like, Oh wow. Holy shit. Some people around me have whole elaborate cases of Legos, you know? So then it gets to be, instead of the internal dialogue that I help a lot of people with, and I'm sure you do too, is it's not about, oh, they get to have those Lego pieces and I don't. It's like, oh, all of that is available to me as well. How do I go about learning, honor boundaries, navigate it safely, still be curious. The fantasies are encouraged. The desires are welcome, all of that. And not get overwhelmed and not also like, you know, get totally lost in it and the process. It's more, you know, what I love about what you do is you help people express who they really are so each people's individual lego set is different so it's not about like compare and contrast with what other people have it's like what's uniquely yours like some people really like ramen some people really like like you know tomato based food like whatever it is some people could drink soylent and be happy like whatever floats your boat you know but each person have sort of their own erotic menu their own flavor profile they really like but when they really I think same thing with Hustienda when people really feel like they could express themselves authentically and with who they are. And that's when they have like their best life in my view. So I want to help people like you express that, you know, just do sex. Absolutely. And I really like leveraging the work that you do because it allows for me to not feel the pressure to get naked on camera. Only if I want to. I'm just kidding. I mean, I do get naked on camera, but for only certain eyes. But and I know that there's been a couple of times where you've been like, well, there's a wide open market for you to fill this gap where everyone's asking, is there a sex hacker pro, but for the female, so the male body, you know, and well, the, the market is still wide open. So <laughs> <laughs> um, I have one more question before I go into like talking about some yeah. of the work that you do and the sex hacker pro and all of that. Um, and, and that's because it's come up a couple of times in, in my mind because I wonder if people are thinking this and I know that you've come up against this, you know, just being in the network that you're in in New York and all of that is you are, um, let me see if I can get all the identifying words correctly. Cis, hetero, male, you know, I mean, you're in a polyamorous, would you consider it a poly, you say triad? Yeah, it's a try. It's not a try. It's a dyad, like it's a so poly B. So Karen, Karen is our fiance. Me and Geronimo yes. just love her. Yeah, we're in a committed relationship, and we are. I mean, that's not like a committed, close, 
like dyad we also have right. our lovers and sex life but as far as their commitment is concerned is you know we're both committed to her and we we work cooperatively but we just i don't date him right right exactly yeah. thank you v not a triad yeah uh, i'll yeah. hold your own one's hand i know poly relationship is so much so so complicated it's a whole <laughs> other language um and i'm sure that there's people that have been listening and you're speaking a lot about the female orgasm and you're a dude <laughs> how yeah. has that been being so open and out there and proactive and talking about and the research and all of that where it's you are this guy that is talking a lot about female orgasm and is so skilled in it. What has that been like? What has been some of the feedback? It's kind of weird. I, I think, you know, a lot of people ask in the beginning about like, why do I have this personal obsession? I would say that it was born out of insecurity in the beginning, because if I was really good in bed, and if I don't have a big enough penis, I could make up the gap with skill. And that was like kind of the origin like thought but that transformed so much since i found this community it became a fascination in fact it became a way of self-expression and then obviously all the penis stuff you know size stuff have gone away completely and i don't you know that that i learned about female orgasm and i love my penis it's very anal friendly and very dpdv <laughs> friendly uh <laughs> so don't have you know like i'm very privileged and lucky to live this amazing epic sex life you know so i feel very good about it but then it transformed into this area of fascination and then now i'm actually circled back i've been working a lot more on male pleasure because i did a lot while i was writing in the book i go like well i have to learn this in my own body too because i know how to do it to other people i don't know how to do it to myself so i learn about prostate orgasm all the internal all the all the hypotheses I have, I've tested in my own body. So I taught myself how to have multiple orgasm. I taught myself how to have a prostate orgasm. I taught myself how to have a prostate only stimulating that I don't really need to touch my penis. I don't actually it's unnecessary in my point of view. You know, it's like why like we have this obsession about isolating things, like just touching the A spot, like touch everything leading you to that point, and then you could have everything or just one thing or like so it's like having a meal you could just eat steak and it's delicious but you could have some potato with it you could have some vegetable right. with it it depends right. on what makes a full meal for you mm -hmm. so i think we have a tendency to isolate for no reason so right. so so yeah uh, oh my gosh i will never forget i was at an event called a fest and esther perel was one of the speakers and she had everybody go into this exercise, this breakout thing. And we did these exercises where we were like touching each other's hands. And we were like, you know, one person do this to the hand and the other person just receives. And there are these two women that were close to me and my friend who was my partner for this exercise that like, as soon as they touched hands, the one went into orgasm. And I, and like uh -huh. people were so uncomfortable <laughs> around us and her. And like, I think half the room was like, give me a cup of what she had. And then the rest yeah. is like, how dare you? You know? And then there's my, maybe a small percentage in there is like very curious. And then of course, a small percentage of it is like wildly skeptic. Like there's no way she blew air at you and you just had an orgasm. Like that's not. You know, but I, I think like when you said orgasm is a skill and I think for a very attentive lover to be paying attention, what is present 
when my partner is at the peak of their arousal and how to get to have this like beautiful playground chemistry set where if you really get the other person involved in playing along, you can create all kinds of magic. And if you want, every day gets to be different magic, you know? Yeah, it's also a baseline, you know, like for certain people, their switch to tip over, you know, to an orgasmic state is much easier or needs less energy, let's just say. Like some people are really good sleeper. You put them on a bed, boom. And some people have a hard time, harder time sleeping. But the other thing is really interesting is, you know, like Come As You Are is probably definitely the number one sex book. And James Faust is actually the one who did the research on the excitatory inhibitory system. So talking to mm-hmm. him about Emily's book has been amazing. Okay. Some people, the inhibitory system is so high when we're talking about not feeling our emotion, right? So, so for some people, if they learn to not like they learn to let go of their brakes, right? So no inhibitory, and then you just do a little acceleration, it goes really fast. But most, I think the hardest thing to teach people is how to not pop the brakes on. So for that woman to do this like energy and feeling the hand is that if she had no brakes on and then her nervous system is like kind of easy to train that way, you are some people are could like have a tickle on their earlobe and they could have orgasm. Oh my gosh. And not that not not that that is necessarily a desirable goal that you right. need to get to, right? Everybody is a little different. But I think most people would benefit just not learning how not to have the brakes on. Yeah, for sure. There were some people in that room. This bitch over here, how the fuck she did that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like no possible way. Because your panties are too tight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I love that. And I think about some people who, in my, in my world, I really love the city. I'm starting to get more and more into nature and all of that. And I think about the people who I feel like I have people in my space where I'm like, I bet if you go in the middle of a meadow or the forest or something, and you just hug a tree, you'll have an orgasm. Or you're just like standing next to a tree, you'll have an orgasm. They're just like people of the earth. And I'm like, put me in the concrete jungle. I'm not, I'm not quite there yet. So you know, I'm, I'm closer since I'm in a concrete jungle of Austin, Texas, which doesn't really count, but I call it, I say that it counts. But anyway, bringing this back a little bit around to, um, sex hacker pro, which I, I definitely want to spend a little, our last little chunk of time before we wrap up, um, with just talking about that, because it is fascinating. I know that you have created this as you know, a course and a resource and all these things, which I don't know if you originally created as a resource, maybe a resource for you, but for somebody like me, who's also a sex educator or a sex coach, um, I leverage your work in so many different ways. It is mandatory for my business mentorship students, which I don't know if you know that, but when they come in, they like, if you want to train with me, you must go through these. So it's like, because I can give, I can give the books, I can give the assessments, I can give them the graphics where all of the, you know, it's, you need to label one through 10 and it's all of the anatomy. And it's like, tell me about this response or tell me about, you know, and it could have, I could even incorporate porn and then finding porn that is a good representation of X, Y, and Z. And I could put all of these different things in, but nothing compares to what you have created the intention, the communication, the delivery, the layout is just, it's literally perfect for what I do. And so I will shout it to anyone who will listen. The amount of times I have sent the trailer 
to friends and people where I'm like, by the way, I'm about to send you a link. It's NSFW, you know? So like, which means like, if you got kids around or someone's around, because even just sending the link in the trailer is uh, not safe for work, but you know, it's safe for my work anyway, <laughs> when I've got like a, oh, I have shelves of dildos and vibrators in my office. So it's definitely safe for my work, but most others, it's not quite safe. But um, yeah, I will just say like, it is fascinating. And even though it is you working with female bodies, for me as the female body in those situations and me as a consumer with my partner, it shows me what I'm supposed to do. I'm watching the woman in the videos and I'm like, oh, she's relaxing. Oh, she is present. Oh, she's not criticizing. Wow, that's fascinating. I wonder, you know, she's not complaining. She's not uh, bothered by the music or the lighting or the, you know, all of this shit that I, you know, me individually, I have let get, I've let pump my brakes. You know what mm. I mean? And so studying things like the erotic blueprint. I'm a fellow panda. I'm a fellow panda too. I like to made in perfect condition. I'm easily distracted. I'm guilty yeah. of. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I the relationship coach that Jordan and I work with, she's awesome. Um, he one of our, her first conversations, we spoke about me getting really distracted by sounds. And she said, Oh, misophonia or something like that, or you're audio sensitive. And just because of the like it's like a reoccurring thing for Jordan and I. And that's why I had to get little out of my office because if I hear her even snoring a little bit, I am so distracted. I got to get her out. Anyway, and I used to never really be like that, but now I very much am. And so Jordan just supports me in it now. Sometimes he likes to push my edge and he's like, well, this is for you to work through because the world is noisy. And I'm like, yes, I know. And my, and our <laughs> relationship- cancellation headphone. Right, and our, and our relationship coach is like, you know, he's prepping you because at some point, you know, if or when you decide to put a little person, you know, you decide to have kids, kids are noisy. So he is helping you to be able to work through this that way, you're a great mom. And I'm like, oh, I see what you did there. That's good. That's good. Shit. So now like, I can't be mad at him because he represents like, I got to work through it so that I don't, you know, strangle my kid, um, my future kid. So anyway. Oxytocin would help all the love, love hormones. Occur. Yeah, I think so. But anyway, so. yeah, all that to say that even though the work that you do is like geared for one thing, I get so much value out of it. And I know that my couples and the people who are in my regular programs, you know, I have my business mentorships, which is a big part of what I do now, but I will always be in a position of continuing the sex coaching thing where I'm like helping couples and helping singles date or get, you know, more intimacy and all of that. And so I hope that you continue with your work so that I can continue to leverage it. And of course, like I said, text you and shout you to anyone who will listen and who won't. I, I love updating with the new research too, because it's sort of like, it never ends. So all the new stuff I'm, I'm learning, I would put it on the course too. And I love, I love designing it. So people understand how to apply some of the theory, like pleasure wiring, how is her nerve ending actually lay out and, and how do you remember where to, where did you park your car? Like this is responsive. This is not so responsive. And then talk about like arousal or orgasm. So when, when I was designing the course, I really nerd out on the education, not just me doing a show you what I like, show you a magic trick, but like able to do, um, it was really challenging doing the show and tell because I have to like talk to an audience while I'm doing a thing and make sure she is aroused at the same time. 
So that took a little bit of time to figure out how do I do that while everything worked in a, like a live demo, because I don't think you know for me teaching teaching especially technique or the somatic side of of sex education, the person needs to be in the same environment and same state. I can't like this is not like a just a PowerPoint because you have to see it happening live. So like you said, the porn part, right? Like how to, and choosing to be explicit hurts my business. It's so much easier with marketing if I'm not explicit, but I realized that the best way to design this tool is to do it explicit because this is where sex happened. So it's been really trying to figure out how to like talk about anal entry in a way that I overlay a diagram while I'm doing it makes more sense. Right. Like gate number one, gate number two, and then you see the diagram, it's more useful. For real. And I, you know, yeah. the first time Jordan and I watched uh, some of your stuff together, I, we couldn't get very far because I kept stopping it. <laughs> I kept yeah. stopping it and telling him how awesome something was, or like, I wanted to look at the graphics more, or I wanted to like explain, I got so excited. And he was like, this is supposed to be sexy for us. And I'm just like nerding out on like, and then he did this and that's so cool. And yeah. Fucking awesome. I don't know when you decided to do it this way. Did it start with Pornhub? It started with Pornhub where I, first of all, like the most unlikely porn starting. I was like, still, this is talking 2015. I was like really nervous. Like I could do this at sex parties and people asking me to teach, but I don't know about like having a free video on Pornhub. But then my, uh, my friend Grant said, you know, why don't you put it out there and see how people respond? And now it's like over 12, 11, 12 million views later, like people are really thirsty for this type of education. So then they got to propel me into making better stuff. So what I have for free out there from 2015 and what I put on the Sex Hacker Pro is now I'm like nerding out. When do I put the graphic in? When do I give the right instruction? What cue do I have to, in order to really help people figure out um the the right sequence because you could only remember so many things at a given time when you're teaching people how to squat you can't give too many cues so i really nerd out on like the pacing because if you tell people too much in the beginning it's too hard to remember so so i love and now i'm I'm, the newer content i'm making in 2021 will be in vr too so i'm really excited about the vr version so fucking cool oh my god i saw I, so I had a retreat recently and we ended uh-huh. one of the days where we were watching some of the videos and we watched the one where you put the VR headset on her and like did all these things and like described it and what she was seeing while you were doing these other things to her, for her. <laughs> and all of us were holding our breath, like, uh, you know, like uh, it was so funny and so awesome. And so it was really exciting to to hear that you're continuing, like you're moving at the pace that we are with sex, you know, more or less, like it is becoming more VR oriented and all of that. And so I can dope. So what right now, as the sex hacker pro stands, what can people learn? Just kind of a quick list off. There, so there's over uh, 12 module, over 70 videos. And I go over topic like kink, anal, squirting, penetration, oral, fingering, toys, uh, 90 minute orgasmic experience multiple orgasm and for people so you could learn in different sort of different focus so i realized is like 
what is the 20% that give you 80% of the results? So those are the 20% of the most useful sex hacks and skill that I have found that is quick to learn. And then you could apply it immediately. And it's sort of like a video game character where you could pick the skill tree that you like. You might not want this thing, but you might want to progress in this thing. So just say if you learn bondage, right? And you learn orgasm denial and you learn anal, then you could kind of combine those things together. So you could orgasm denial while she's tied up, you know. With a butt plug. (laughs) And and the butt plug, learn a new thing. So you could kind of put it all together. And that, that design is up to the individual. But I show you the individual skills so you could apply them together. Maybe, and maybe on top of that you there's the elaborate king scene if you like into the psychological play so once you have all the legos right like we talk about then you exactly. can build whatever that that suits your need well i love adding to my lego kit and i love learning how to add to my lego kit from you thank you very much for this conversation it is dynamic as it was dynamic as i anticipated it to be and i am I imagine that there are a number of people that are listening to this and they probably have a bunch of notes, you know, in their phone or like they were writing some things down. Like I got to look up a spot and what's a DS and orgasm denial and pleasure stacking or, you know, it's, it's so. That's why I made the course. I could show people literally. Yeah, exactly. Like you don't have to look all of it up on your own. Like your time is so valuable. So, I mean, at least I think your time, my time is valuable. I hope that you value your time as well. And know that just like you would learn how to do any other kind of skill by being coached, like for just to give an example, two really good friends of mine. One is learning how to bake sourdough. She watched a bunch of YouTube videos and learned how to bake sourdough. And she hit a plateau. Her sourdoughs were, they were like coming out hard. All of a sudden they weren't quite right. So she hired a sourdough coach. I didn't even know that was a thing. There was literally a coach for everything. My other friend who happens to be her husband. So he is friends with Jordan and JP and like our whole crew and everyone can do a backflip, but him. And he is a Uh two-time CrossFit champion. So Uh him not being able to do a thing not acceptable. It was kind of like, oh, I can't do a backflip that he like tried a few times, whether it was a trampoline or, you know, in the pool or whatever. And he was like, so he hired a backflip coach, which is a gymnast, but we call it, oh my, you know, he hired a backflip coach so that he can do a backflip. Geronimo teach people backflip all the time too. <laughs> right. So yeah. it's like, when you don't know how to do something, you can either just like, oh, I wish, I wish I learned. I wish I knew. But, you know, we live in this world that's like instant gratification a lot of times, and you can only Google or YouTube so far before it's like, I'm just going to work with someone to help me get where I want to go. And the amount of joy and the amount of excitement that, you know, my friend is going to get from baking sourdough loaves that she's proud of and giving to the whole community. And then for Michael, when he finally can do a backflip off of things and he can go out with the guys and like he gets to do this thing safely with his friends, like it's invaluable. So when you think about the role that relationships play in your life and think about the role that sex plays in your life, I'm talking to all of y'all who are listening right now. It's, it plays a huge role, way bigger than any of us ever understood when we were growing up. And I'm just going to say that as a blanket, very generalization, especially those of you who grew up in the US like me, there was like no education around relationship, doing relationships well. 
and doing sex well, for sure, not sex. And it's like, look at the havoc that can wreak in some people's lives or look at the longing that that can present in some people's lives. And just look at, for some people are just like, I just don't even know where to go. I just want to do it differently. So if that is you and you take stock of your, of your love life and you see elements that like could be added, or you, you just know that there's more that you desire in some way, you want some extra Legos, you know, pieces in this puzzle, then I strongly recommend getting assistance, hiring someone to help you through it so that you don't have to bump into shit any longer. You can literally have someone who has spent their life. That is their, a part of their purpose work is to help people figure those things out. We're everywhere. You know, I think we're everywhere and I'm in the business of making more of us and making more of us wealthy. That way we can affect change so that people are growing up, actually learning about the mechanics of sex and the role that it does play in relationships and all of that into the future. But that is a story for another time. Um, but yes, hire. And if hiring someone to work with you directly is out of your means, I want you to consider hiring Kenneth in his Sex Hacker Pro videos because those are very affordable and easy to move through and have a direct impact, can have a direct impact in how you show up as a lover today, right now. You click the link, you look at a few videos and it's like, holy fucking shit, change. So that is my my uh, promo that happens to come from a very genuine and authentic place. I'm going to put the link to his um, Sex Hacker Pro and all of his things you know, in the show notes. Check it out. Use that sex chick as the code. I don't know what it will do. Um, sometimes it takes like 20% off and sometimes it does other things. So, um, just know that if you use that sex chick, it will do something magical <laughs> when you go to check out. Otherwise I know that he's running different kinds of promotions throughout the year, um, for his services and stuff. And so definitely check them out. Kenneth, uh, what would you like to share lastly? And what would you like to leave everyone with? You know, is a lot of content, right? 12 hours, 70 videos. But how I designed it is that you don't have to look at the, you don't have to watch all 70 video in order for you to get a benefit. You could like watch, you know, I love the theory. That's my nerdy side. But you could go in and learn one technique right now, like a five to seven minute video or two to three minute video that you could use that skill immediately. So I designed it in a way that is really user friendly. So I hope people get to try new things quickly. Sometimes one little adjustment could change everything. So, so I hope you learn one, if you find one new way to have a pleasurable experience, I think it's worth it. Absolutely. I mean, Jordan learned how to use the enjoy real, real well by watching your videos. So there was going to be no way I could really fully describe because I just- I know it's the rocking of the wrist that most people think is not cutting a sword. I mean, cutting a tree, the rocking of the wrist, but they don't teach you yeah. that in the in their manual. Exactly. You know, I always joke about the enjoy. It looks like a tool to kill somebody or something. It's like, it belongs in Clue. You know, I killed Colonel Mustard in the library with the enjoy. Like it's just this heavy metal thing that has so many uses, but like, if you just look at it, you're like, I don't even know what to do with that thing. But Jordan was able to see you and watch your muscle movements and was able to get it. But 
me laying on my back with this tool, with this tool and like trying to describe it. It was like, there was no way I was going to get to describe it. And I'm like in this vulnerable space, like trying to talk about my body that he might think is complicated and all of that. And so it's like, fuck it, just go to Kenneth. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing your time, your energy, your space, your expertise with me and all of my people. We love you. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. If you loved it, be sure to subscribe so you never miss a new episode. And if you extra, extra loved it, make sure to leave a five-star review. I'll see y'all next week.